Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. As you can see in this corner over here, this is previously recorded. This is recorded on Thursday night. I just want to be clear on that, that we are not live right now. This is previously recorded. But um, but just like always, I want to make sure that I'm recording my audio, which I am. Everything's going well. Uh, so again, we've been having some issues with uh, the internet on Thursday night. Uh, I will not be able to go live tomorrow night, which is Friday, uh, because uh, we're gonna we have some plans. So I make sure I'm recording tonight. If you're on Let This Mind Be in You discussion group, you're gonna get to see this uh, one day early, and then um, it'll be on the main page. And I'll probably be watching it along with you when it premieres tomorrow night. That's Thursday, October 27th, and you'll get to see that. But uh, mention all the uh, the platforms. Let This Mind Be In You on Facebook. Let This Mind Be In You on YouTube. Also, Let This Mind Be In You podcast. Look that up anywhere you'd like to get your podcast. If you want to reach me, you can re- always reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And uh, we'll get back to you. I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can if you do that. All right, that's all the introduction uh, as far as the announcements. Uh, it should be, again, next Friday night. I'll either be live or you'll see another produced video. But we're in the book of Acts, continuing our study in the book of Acts in chapter 10. And uh, so we'll get started right away here. There was a certain man, uh, just before we get started, actually. It was Again, last week we talked about... Um, Paul's conversion, or at the time it was uh, Saul. Um, you know, we, we've talked about that and all these other kinds of things. And But remember the point I wanted to make last week, which was um, remember context and timelines and locations. So when the Bible's clear about a location, a timeline, where Saul is and where he moves, I'll show you why that becomes a little bit more important later on uh, when we start talking about other things. So I just want to remember make sure that everybody is tracking along Saul. Now, after last week, we saw this Saul went back to Tarsus. Uh, remember that he started some trouble there in Jerusalem, uh, with the Grecians. They, they, they wanted to kill him. Um, it seemed like that was going to be a current, uh, a continuing trend for, uh, Saul later to become Paul throughout his entire career uh, or ministry or whatever you want to say before his life ended in Rome, uh, many years later. Uh, but, so after they he left Jerusalem, they took him over to, um, let's see if we can get just a little timeline here. Uh, they took him to Caesarea, which is a, which is a port town just north of Tel- what modern-day Tel Aviv uh, is Caesarea. And uh, they, they got him on a ship and sent him over to Tarsus. So now here we pick up uh, back talking about Peter again. Uh, remember, Peter had the... Uh, you know, this uh, continuing ministry there. 
And, uh, you, you know, he was walking around. People were getting healed just by standing in the shadow. It was just some incredible stuff. Uh, remember, he raises uh, Tabitha, or, you know, through the power of God, obviously. Uh, he raises Tabitha from the dead. Uh, now in chapter 10, uh, we have this man named Cornelius. There was a certain man in Caesarea. Again, like I said, this is just get your map out. You can see it's it, Caesarea is still there. Um, and um, it's up, like I said, north of uh, modern-day Tel Aviv. Um, but he's a, there was a certain man there in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band. That's my, me and my dad's, uh, you know, my dad's favorite uh, centurion in all the Bible, you know, the Italian Band. Uh, devout man, verse number two, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, that's very important. That's not there by accident or just like some random uh, just, okay, the Holy Spirit inspires Luke to write this down just for random sake. No, it's a very purposeful thing. Remember when Jesus uh, healed a, another centurion's daughter, um, the, the things that were being told to him was like, hey, he's given to the people, he helped build this, and he's a, he's a friend of the people. Now, why would that be important? Well, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. You had to still come through Israel in order for to get the blessings of God. And this centurion seemed to know that and was giving much alms to the people, as it says here. So he was uh, doing good deeds and giving money to the poor and all these other kinds of stuff to the people of Israel. An Italian centurion. Interesting. But it says here, which uh, gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So it wasn't that he was praying to God's. He was praying to God, Jehovah God, the one and only God, not to uh, the, the, all the Roman multi, uh, multiple gods that were there in Rome that they had stolen from Greek, you know, the Greece, um, Greek mythology and all these other kinds of things. No, to God always. He feared God with all his house. His, his entire house seemed to fear God. And it, I don't know what the background was and how he came to this, this faith, but he was going through the nation of Israel according to what biblical principles were. Now, whether or not he was proselyte, uh, whether he was circumcised in the flesh and kept a, the holy days or whatever, I highly doubt being a centurion. And the reason why I say that is because he would have been put to death. Because in it's uh, in that Roman Empire, the yes, you could you could pray to all these gods you wanted to, as long as you kept in mind that the emperor was deity. You know, he was the god. Uh, that uh, and if you said no, there is no other god but you know the god of Israel. That wouldn't have been a good thing to be in. A, uh, you know, especially for political favors and you know being you know, in a military career. Now, maybe he was secretly. I don't know. I don't know if he kept like the feast days or, you know, whenever time there seemed to be like, a, hey, let's go worship this goddess or this god over here. And he was like politely declined had something else come up. I don't know. The Bible's silent on that, but it does clearly say that now whether or not he's proselyte, meaning that he's um, he's a full blown living as a Jew. I don't think that the, the evidence is there that he is, but he was blessing Israel, and so he was a Gentile, a friend of Israel, one that was being blessed of God. He, his, they, he believed, he feared God. He at least, 
had the respect and understood that, and he gave alms to the people. And it wasn't just random people. It was to the nation of Israel. And he says here in verse number three, I just want to make that clear. All right. So that'll be important as we get into more discussions dispensationally. But uh, verse number three, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. See, God's going to bless him now because, uh, you know, he's going and doing the right thing, going through the nation of Israel. And I keep adjusting my glasses here. If you're watching this video, like, uh, I don't know if I bumped them earlier or something, but they're kind of off tilter. There they go. Anyways, but he's blessing him now. He's saying, what is it, Lord? And he says, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And so, again, the Genesis uh, account, bless them, they will bless thee. Uh, I will curse them that curse you. And now send men to Joppa, which is south of Tel Aviv, and not that long, but it's a little bit of a journey, especially back then, you know, horseback and, and on foot and so name and so forth. And it says, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier. Again, of this, maybe it was an aide de camp, you know, this, uh, this aid to him, you know. But he was a devout soldier. What that meant, he was a devout believer or he was just devout to Cornelius. I'm not quite certain on that. But he calls a trusted man here, them that waited on him continually. So he would be an aide that would live with him, uh, essentially. And when he declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa on the morrow. So it took about a day's journey. As they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So again, almost 24 hours have passed here. And it, it does take a while to get down there, uh, even on horseback and on foot. And uh, they probably stopped for the night and so forth. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open. This amazing thing happens here. He's, he's in his trance and he sees something coming down here. And a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. Well, sounds like it's a buffet brought down. You know, he's hungry. It's time to eat. But you notice here when it says wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air, all manner of four-footed beasts would have concluded like pigs, you know, cloven hooves, uh, which were not authorized to eat. And we see why we know this because in the next verse here, or the you know, a couple of verses from now when it says, and there came a voice to him, verse 13, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. This is the dietary Jewish laws and that Peter is about to tell you he's he's upheld them his entire life. Never, never again. Uh, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, let that call not thou common. This was done three times or thrice. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. 
Now, Peter comes out of the trance here, verse 17. Now, when Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. All these houses would have like a little compound, you know, a little gate, a wall around it. And they were right outside the gate there and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion. Now, again, knowing they're speaking to a Jew, Knowing they're speaking to somebody of the house of Israel. These are Gentile men. Look at exactly what they say. It's, it's very similar to what they say to Jesus when he, before he goes to this Gentile's uh, centurion, heals this uh, centurion's daughter. I think that's in Luke. Um, but it's very similar to this. Um, the writer of Acts, by the way, is Luke. So, again, maybe that's why it's a little bit similar, if I'm, if I'm accurate on that. If somebody watching this video later on, or I'll look at it later, and I'll be like, mm, it's not in Luke, but I'm pretty sure it is, if I remember correctly. But regardless of that, look at the exact words they're going to say to him. When Peter comes down there, these and they said, verse 22, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews. See, he had a good report. Now, if he did not, if he didn't have any kind of report with, you know, or he wasn't a just man or a devout man or somebody that wasn't giving alms or whatever like that, I don't think this ever would happen. Re reason why is because the Bible says, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. When the dispensation was set up for them, to, and the nations would have to be blessed by coming through Israel. And if you read your Bible and if you believe it dispensationally and you know that it rightly divided when you read these things you should know where to place this in the proper context that this is not for us now the church age believers this is a different time this is a different dispensation this is a different group and it shouldn't freak us out to say those kinds of things these same things are going to happen again in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. These same things will happen again in the time of Jacob's trouble, which is also known as the tribulational period, the 70th week of Daniel, the seven year tribulational period that's going to be coming soon. When that happens, you have to be coming through Israel again in order to receive the blessings of God. Now, in the body of Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no, the, the revelation of the mystery is that you don't come through Israel anymore to receive these blessings. They did have the oracles of God. They did have the commandment that all the nations in order to be blessed of God had to come through the nation. They had to be just, they had to live as, um, you know, according to his law. But now there is none of that. That is why there's a different there's different groups. You still all come through Christ. There's none, none justified other than through Jesus Christ, both groups. But this is what's so important to understand. And why this is a controversial statement among many groups, I don't know. But this is the reason why this is in your Bible. So understand that. And we've talked about these things quite extensively in the past. But 
But the centurion, verse 22, a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. See, again, Peter was told by Jesus, and my dad, you know, and I had discussed this in one of the the three keys of Peter, I think it's called on the channel. Um, So you can look up that video. But Peter was given these keys to the kingdom. And one of the, what my dad, I think is, it's very biblically sound that the Jew first, the half Jew, half Gentile, because we saw Peter go up into Samaria and now to a Gentile, I don't think was a proselyte. I just think it was a friend of Israel. It was the uttermost parts of the earth. These other nations are, that could be blessed by coming through Israel. Peter had to deliver this message. It couldn't be anybody else because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my foundation. You know, my church, this this called out assembly that will be called in to the millennial kingdom, this kingdom gospel comes through Peter. Don't ask me why. That's what the Bible has to say. I don't know why it's specifically Peter, but it could have been because of the statement. Where else do we have to go? You have the words of life. It could have been the statements that Peter said unto him, Thou art Christ, the son of the living God. You know, him recognizing these things early on, maybe that's why. But Peter, once again, has to be the one that brings this message. Hear words from thee, specifically Peter. Now, it could have been the other disciples. There could have been men closer. Maybe there was uh, somebody, you know, maybe Philip was closer. He was up north there around. Maybe Philip could have been, maybe God could told Cornelius and hey, go find this guy Philip. You know, he just got done with this Ethiopian eunuch, or but we don't see that. We see he has to go through Peter. He wants to hear words of thee. Verse 23, then called he them in and lodged them. Now this <clears throat> is verboten. Is that uh, for to use some uh, Deutsch? This is verboten. This is this is not kosher. <laughs> That's a pun intended. This is not allowed to have a Gentile to come to reside within your home. This is going to get Peter in trouble. And he's going to have to explain himself. Um, Now, if if this message was supposed to be to everybody, why would he be in trouble? Why would this? This is what Jesus told him to do, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? That's, That's the same gospel for us today, right? It's not the same message. It's not the same good news. You'll see as we keep going through, remember, this is not by accident. This is there for a reason. We need to rightly divide or understand to study to show ourselves approved. All right. So he lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them. So took him in for the night. These Gentile boys living under a Jewish household. Okay. (laughs) And it said, uh, certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. So some people that were there with Peter, uh, they were down there in Joppa, again, south of Tel Aviv, went with them. And on the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friend. I mean, he brought everybody that was devout with him. Maybe they all feared God. Maybe they had like an underground kind of thing going here. We don't know. But he called them all in. He said, hey, hey, hey I'm, I got this. I was visited by God. He told me to go uh, reach out for this Peter. He's going to be here. 
God said he's going to be here. He's going to be here. So come on in and let's listen to what he has to say. Verse 25, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. I mean, maybe you would too. Uh, this is a messenger of God, and, and he's saying in his mind, like, again, this may be partial because of his upbringing. He thinks this is a messenger of God. He needs to be worshiped. God said to go get this man. He, he must be very special, so he's going to worship him. But look at the reaction that Peter, you know, the first pope, I say that tongue-in-cheek, look at, look at what Peter's reaction was to him. Now, this is not the vicar of Christ, you know, the vicar of Christ here, um, apparently, because when it says here, but Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. Hmm. And he talked with him. So he didn't accept the worship. He said, like, stand up. Man. I'm just a man just like you are. Hmm. But yet we see millions upon millions venerate uh, the Vatican and the man there. Just a man in the Vatican. And they revere they revere Peter. You know, St. Peter, St. Paul, you know, St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. In Rome. Interesting. But Peter, not a very good pope. Uh, he doesn't accept this worship here. He says, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. So he found everybody that Cornelius had brought in, uh, we saw earlier. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company. Peter knows full well. That's why he sees this vision to begin with. God has to show him this because if he hadn't, I don't think Peter's going. But what I've called clean, call thou not unclean. So Peter says, like, you know. How that it is an unlawful thing. This is against my law, you know, this this Jewish law, the, the one that I've kept since my birth. You know, and as a young, um, at the you know, as, as a young man, and the and learning and fishing with my dad and learning the law of Moses, I know that this is not allowed. Or coming to one of another nation. Remember, there's no nation now in the body of Christ. There's Jew, Gentile, and the body of Christ. So there's no nations within the body of Christ here. Not, you know, what's the difference here? The difference is, is that they're still operating under that system. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. See, this is a learning moment for Peter. Even though, even though, there's scripture in the Old Testament talking about how this is the requirements for somebody to come in. Now, it was very strict. They had to be, uh, you know, viewed, and, you know, like I said, circumcised in the flesh and, and live as a Jew for them to even be accepted as a proselyte, you know. And the Jews didn't go around evangelizing. They weren't, you know, going, you know, door, door knocking and saying, you know, if, Hey, uh, have you heard about uh, Jehovah God? You know, none of that happened. They weren't soul winners. I hate to break it to you, but they weren't going around to these other nations. They were supposed to be the light on the beacon on the hill 
that all nations saw that, hey, these guys are blessed. We, we need to find out. And then the nations would have to come through Israel. Not the other way around. It wasn't Israel going around, you know, soul winning and doing these big evangelistic campaigns. They did not happen. One of a good Israelite by the name of, uh, well, his name was Jonah. <laughs> when he was told to go to Nineveh to warn them of their destruction. Uh, God had to have him swallowed by a great fish, a whale. And be there three days and three nights. And even after that, the king repents or whatever that happens there in Nineveh. And the nation is saved. And the, the Nineveh, Ninevite nation is saved because the king's, you know, oh, yes, you serve the one true God. I understand the, the God of, of Israel, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. And then, you know, boy, Jonah rejoices and he's all happy that, you know, all these people got saved, right? Folks, read your Bible. He goes out and pouts that this nation isn't destroyed. This this uh, enemy of Israel. He's pouting. Now here's Peter, a good Israelite, says, hey, look, this is against the law, but God shows me in a vision what I've called unclean or called clean, call thou not unclean. So Peter said, here I am. So I guess it's I'm supposed to talk to you here. My point is, is that you can't read your Bible in today's and, and view it as you today is in the body of Christ. If you do, you're going to get all sorts of different kinds of wacky doctrines out there. You're going to get all sorts of different kinds of things that you just say and sounds good, good preaching and stuff like that, you know, gets people worked up, but it's not true. They weren't out evangelizing. The nations had to come through Israel. Not some Israelite going to, to lodge with some Gentiles and telling them about Jehovah God. Now, let's, let's, let's read the rest of this. So after verse 28, where Peter says, you know, God showed me, he's like, hey, look, the, what I've called clean, call thou not unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I ask therefore for what intent ye have sent for me. What, I'm here now. What, now, wait a minute, Peter. Now, I, I know I'm saying a lot of this stuff, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be sarcastic to, to a certain degree, okay? But understand, folks, Peter should have just said, hey, I got the Great Commission. I'm going to go just tell you about Jesus Christ. That's not why he, his first thing he says is that, hey, God told me to come up here, says I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to talk to you guys. What do you want to know? Now, why would he not just start out with the gospel? Jesus, born in Bethlehem to a virgin named Mary, and that he lived a sinless 33 and a half years and uh, was crucified in Jerusalem by Romans, by the way, and uh, given up by the Jewish nation. But he was the son of God, the perfect lamb of God. And he his shedding of blood was for the remission of sins and all these other kinds of things. And he was he died and was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And then he ascended into heaven. Forty days after he uh, after he rose from the dead. And then after he rose from the dead, a week later, he came and the Holy Spirit came. And I'm like, well, why is that none? Why wouldn't Peter just lead out with that? 
if he's out there evangelizing Gentiles, why would he not just lead out with that? Just ask yourself that question. Instead, he asked them why you sent for me. Verse 30. So Cornelius is like, all right. And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. I wonder who that is. But the point is, is that some man stood beside me in bright clothing, but he's praying. He's fasting. So as he's praying and fasting, this man appears in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. You are doing as it what a Gentile was supposed to do in order to be blessed by me. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee. Now, he didn't even say what he's going to tell him. He just said, he'll speak to thee. Now, therefore, we are all here present before God. Oh, excuse me. Immediately, therefore, I sent uh, to thee, verse 33, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Thank you for coming, Peter. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God? What did that just say? Somehow or another, Cornelius knows that because he has now been sent, he has a specific message that he has to send from God himself. He understands that. He says, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Peter's part of that great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, this kingdom gospel that I'm going to preach, starting in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So here's... Peter now, and what's his response? Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, which has been said in the Bible before. Immediately, or excuse me, but in every nation, he that feareth him, look at the criteria, and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now, again, it's not the him Cornelius' works, his alms, that justified him. That, that is not the case at all. If Cornelius would have gave uh, all his money to the poor of Israel and he would have done all this kind of stuff, and but he didn't ever fully commit, so to speak, he wouldn't be accepted of God either. And by fully admit, like I'm saying that he had to live, bring sacrifices the, the shedding of bulls and, uh, and, and uh, goats and, and sheep blood wouldn't justify him, but they would show that he was one that believed that that, that was requirement of God. By faith, he would have to do what God said to do. But he says, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Not that that justifies them, but that he's accepted. Now they can come through the nation. So here's Peter now saying, okay, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel. I thought he came into the, you know, he came to, for the entire world. I thought that's why Jesus came. But Peter doesn't say this is the, 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 the truth to the Gentiles. And why is that, folks? 
Because the revelation of the mystery, I, I don't know any other way to say it, the revelation of the mystery was given to another apostle, one born out of due time, one that persecuted this group, and that's the apostle Paul. Now, we don't worship Paul, but we follow him as he follows Christ. His instructions given to him by God are for today. Peter wasn't, Paul hadn't been receiving this stuff yet. The, you know, I don't know if that's good English, but Peter had not received this stuff from Paul. It's not happened yet. So he says unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea. So this is not a secret. It, this You're a Roman centurion, Cornelius. You know what happened in Jerusalem, that this man Jesus was crucified. And began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus. Now, again, these guys were stationed in Israel in, uh, in uh, that area. They would have known it as, I guess, Palestine. But the Romans would have known that. It, they would have known all this stuff that was happening. Jesus' ministry, if, for those three and a half years, a lot of people followed. It got the attention of all the leaders. The Romans especially. There was a Roman centurion up north in Galilee that obviously knew of him. So he says to him, I say ye know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. In the beginning was the word and word was with God and word was God. John says, John says in, uh, in first chapter of John, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people, the people, the Jewish people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, to give him all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Believe what? That he is God, that he came to Israel as prophesied, that he came to give remission of sins. Now, they killed him. But notice here that John or Peter does not say that because through his death, burial, and resurrection, salvation came. It's through the belief in Jesus and who he was. That's a different message, folks. Now, of course, the, the, the death on the cross is necessary for them as well. But when they went to paradise... Back before, you know, uh, Jesus died on the cross and then and went down and led captivity captive. They didn't go to heaven when they died. They went to paradise. There was his death on the cross. He came down to shed his blood, obviously, and to provide that blood for the remission of sins. But as God himself, he could forgive sins. He didn't, you know, why didn't he just keep forgiving people their sins. He did it while he was walking around on the earth. He said, thy, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they got really upset when he did that because only God can forgive sins. So I know, 
this is me, again, paraphrasing. I know I am God. I can forgive sins. But the death was necessary on the cross. But notice that Peter's not really preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He does. He was crucified. He rose again. We are a witness of that. That's all there. But notice what he says to give him all prophets witness that he confirmed the scriptures. That's what it's saying there, that everything that was prophesied that he would do while he came to his people and they would reject him, he did. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Apparently, the belief is happening now. Because look at the verse, next verse. While Peter yet spake these words, without him touching them, without him putting them under water, without him doing anything, look what happens. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. They believed it. Here comes the Holy Ghost to indwell them. Now. Again, we've talked about this before. Does this happen in the time of Jacob's trouble this way? I'm going to guess yes. Because they're, it, it now is the Holy Spirit indwelling them? Are, are they sealed into their day of redemption? Can they lose their salvation? All this stuff is argued all the time. But it seems like to me that there is the Holy Ghost fell upon them that they received the Holy Ghost at this time. And that's it. And once... He indwells you, that you're his. It's not like uh, you become, you're like, oh, hey, I need you to leave. And he leaves, and then now all of a sudden you're not, you're not saved anymore. I, again, this stuff gets argued about all the time, but the point is, is that we should know now whether or not we can lose our salvation. And the scriptures from our apostle, the apostle Paul, clearly say that we are sealed, wherein you're sealed unto the day of redemption. If you're sealed until the day of redemption, ask yourself, what is that day? And that day is when you get redeemed of your this purchased possession. When you are dead in Christ, you'll rise, or we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's when the day of redemption is. So until that moment, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. That's according to Ephesians and many other places in the Pauline scriptures. Now, whether or not this happens for this dispensation and for this group of people, I'm not going to get into that like big drawn out argument or something about that. But we know that without Peter touching them or without Peter baptizing them or without anything happening, you know, Peter saying the Holy Ghost come upon you. And then that, nope, as he preaches, as he teaches, as he just gives the words of God, as he is a witness for Jesus and who he was, and that he died according to the scriptures here, apparently. You know, he fulfilled all these prophecies. He was who he said he was. Uh, believing in him shall receive remission of sins. You're going to want your sins forgiven. You need to believe in him, he, who he is. And while he spe yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they were, and they of the circumcision, so the ones that came and accompanied Peter, which believed were astonished. They're like you can see their mouths on the floor as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of God is for the Gentiles, too. Now. There's many indications of this in prophecy. So I guess these guys, these fellows just maybe just hadn't read a lot of their their scriptures or whatever, or just didn't quite understand it. Maybe they just thought that, yeah, you can get blessed if you come through Israel. And yeah, we understand all that. And 
we get that, but you know, the Holy Ghost, that's that's something new. That's that's for us. That's for all the nations of the world that came to Jerusalem, you know, and at the day of Pentecost. That's that's for us. That's for well, maybe it's even for those half Jew, half Gentiles up there and up there in Samaria. These guys, there's not a drop of Jewish blood in them. What's going on here? So you would be astonished too. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That was a sign. And it's a sign going to be still during the time of Jacob's trouble. So I, I've said this before. Hey, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Yeah, well, it's right here in the Bible. They, they spoke with tongues right here. See? Heard them speak with tongues. Okay, okay, well, why not for today? Well, because we don't require a sign today. There is no, these, these Jews required that sign. You know, if they would have just been like, what? but speaking in tongues and, you know, other tongues, they saw that at the day of Pentecost, and now these Gentiles are doing it too? Whoa, mind blown. It's going to happen in the time of Jacob's trouble too. When the indwelling spirit of God is taken off this planet, it's going to be a dearth of the gift of God. It's going to be a dearth of, uh, as it says, I believe in, I believe it's Amos, but it talks about how there's going to be the word of God is going to have a dearth. Like it's going to be illegal. Think China really a lot worse. So uh, like, you know, all the stuff that's online that has, you know, the Bible verses and all this, you know, me right now is not going to be authorized and allowed during that time. But what will happen is as a spirit's going to speak, people will speak in people's known languages, even though they don't, may not know their language, the word of God. That's what I believe tongues is. And that's exactly what it's always been used for, as well as a sign to the, uh, to the Jewish nation. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, verse 47, after then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Wait a minute now, Peter, <clears throat> you're supposed to baptize everybody, right? That's part of the Great Commission. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That, you should know this, Peter. Come on. But he asked the question. Why would he even need to ask the question? It's because they don't understand what's going on. <laughs> this is not, this is absolutely brand spanking new type of information that's being given to them here. Jesus tells him, God tells him in that, in that vision that this is what I, they is not respecter of persons here. They can receive it too. And so Peter's like, well, I guess we need to water baptize him now. Because which have received the Holy Ghost as we, as well as we. They're like, I, 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 I guess, sure. I guess they're, they're in the kingdom now. See, that's what they're going about preaching. So people that enter into the kingdom, I believe, need to be water baptized. If you're not going to be entering into that physical kingdom in, in, in Israel and throughout the world for that thousand-year reign, you're getting water baptized for other reasons other than a commandment. Okay, let's just put it that way. So... Peter, he says, well, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So who knows? Like probably he was, you know, expounded to them, you know, more perfectly, you know, or more thoroughly, you know, Jesus' earthly ministry. 
he I I can almost guarantee you the Bible is silent about this, but I can almost the Bible does not say this. This is me, uh, you know, warning flashing here. I'm just going to speculate something here real quick. That Peter says to him, "You got to leave the Roman army now, my boy. You got you're done." You, you can't you can't continue to worship you know inhale allegiance to uh whoever the you know the i can't remember who the uh i don't think it was nero yet but you can't sit there and say you know hey the emperor is the the deity on earth you can't do that there's only one you can't serve god and mammon who knows what happens to cornelius and this in his entire family and household here i don't know could have been one of some of the earliest uh, people that were brought before, you know, some circus somewhere and fed to lions. Who knows? The Bible does not say. But I do know that when Cornelius died, after being witnessed to and receiving the Holy Ghost through the, uh, the, the, the witness of Peter and him believing what Peter was saying and believing that Jesus was who he said he was and that he died for the remission of his sins, you know, all those kinds of things. That when Cornelius receives his new body, it's going to be at the resurrection. Blessed he takes part in the first resurrection. I believe Cornelius will enter into the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ. That's when he's going to get resurrected. That's when he's going to get his new body. And he's going to serve in some manner. Now, what he does afterwards, I, we have no idea. The Bible doesn't say. But you notice, notice that... Even the, 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 the apostolic group here, the, the, the kingdom preachers, are taken by surprise when this full-on Gentile who's not living proselyte. I, I can almost give you that. I, it doesn't seem that he was going and living as a Jew, you know, but he feared God. He was a devout man. He gave alms to Israel. He was doing things that probably he, some rabbi, some teacher— told him that he had to do in order to be blessed by Jehovah. And he seemed to want to have that, and he believed in one true God. And and Peter comes and talks to him after he gets visited in this strange account here of Acts chapter 10. Now, things are going to start happening kind of quickly. But what we're going to notice here that there's no Apostle Paul. He's still Saul at this point. He's still in Tarsus. And here's Peter basically with this third key. And, okay, Gentiles get the Holy Ghost too, I guess. And he's going to explain this a little later on when, uh, you know, in next chapter. And we'll talk about that next week in the next video, whenever it is you watch this. Um, but this is Acts chapter 10, talking about Cornelius of the Italian band and Peter being told that what I've called clean, call thou not unclean. Some interesting times there. So, Anyways, that's it for tonight um, for this video. So, again, if you're on the Let This Mind Be In You discussion group, the private group, uh, you'll get to see this uploaded here tonight on Thursday, October 26th. And for everybody else, you're going to be seeing me Friday at the premiere on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And also on the, the podcast will be uploaded at that time as well. So thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You as we continue to rightly divide the scriptures going through the book of Acts. Thank you for joining me. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Have a great night.